This is the Poetry in Motion podcast on the Blood Red channel with Neil Fitzmorris, bringing you all the big news and even bigger views on Liverpool FC. Hello, welcome to another episode of Poetry in Motion with me, Neil Fitz. How are you? I hope you're well, whatever you're doing, walking your dogs, sitting in your van somewhere, sitting in your car listening. Thank you for tuning in and supporting us once again, really appreciate it. We've got the big guns in today. We've got Paul Ghost. You're now head of Liverpool Everything, aren't you? Uh, uh, yeah, that's the official title. That's the official job title, isn't it? Yeah. Liverpool Supremo, Paul yeah. Ghost. Yeah. Yeah. Supremo, yeah. Now, uh, full-time Liverpool correspondents, both home and away, is how you... Beautiful. I think you meant to say it on these Was podcasts. that the old James Pearce job? Yeah. You've said he saw, he saw sense and they, got, <laughs> and, they, and they give the job to Something Paul like that, to, yeah. to, to Ghost. He, uh, great to have you on board, mate. And Privileged to have yeah, you on board. Always glad, glad to come on. Alongside him, probably someone who's going to usurp you at some point, I would imagine, Ghosty. He's got that look in his eye, Annie. It's Connor Dunn. How are you, Connor? I'm very well, thank you, Neil. How are you? I'm all right. How's the wrist? Let's, um, have, a, let's have a Connor Dunn wrist update. I'm seeing a surgeon next week to potentially get my bones pinned back together because I had an MRI scan and it's pretty broken. <laughs> pretty broken. Some vigorous wrist action. It there, all started from Liverpool beating Barcelona and that is that's all right. I can say. That's all, it, that's, all it, that's, all it, that's all we need to know, my friend. We all celebrated in our own ways. <laughs> we did. Uh, welcome aboard, lads. Let's talk about Liverpool's latest chapter in the, in the book, Let's Do Things the Hard Way. Um, so this is obviously the day after the night before, which was a very strange game. Uh, Arby... Uh, Salzburg, who we, you know, did smash Genk. They put six in against Genk. 55 goals in 12 games. Clearly a free-scoring team. There was a little bit of trepidation. Obviously, Klopp, Klopp is a big fan of, of the model that they use. Uh, he studied them for a long time. But we were all expecting it to be a, a fairly comfortable game. And by the first 45 minutes, it looked like a stroll in the park, lads. And then... <laughs> And then that sort of that you know that they got a goal in uh, at the end of the first half, and then whenever that second goal goes in and you want it, it's always going to be a a, a, tr- a tricky period, and it and it seemed to be that way, Paul. It did when the when the third one went in. I I, I typed into our live blog, game over. Salah Salah, uh, it's done and dusted in Liverpool. I hope they don't take the foot off the gas and they go and make it four, five, and six because it looked like they they could have easily have done that, and uh, then it looked like they were slightly taking the foot off the gas a little bit, and then. Uh, they got one back, didn't he, with uh, He Chan Huang? He uh, arrowed one into the top corner. And uh, before do, finish, before yeah. doing what a lot of people can't do uh, in the, yeah, in the, yeah, yeah. In the Premiership and in world football and putting Van Dyke on his backside. Yeah. <clears throat> so, I mean, that went in and it was sort of okay, well, that may be a consolation. Get to half time and the people will come back out and, and they'll make it 4 and 5 1 and it'll be a comfortable evening. But the second half, the people just, once they went to 3 0, they, they went asleep and yeah. they couldn't really wake up from that until. It was too late almost with Haaland taps it in at the back post coming in after two minutes and it just it was down to Salah, wasn't it? His moments of brilliance again to pull the pull out the fire and um, it was like a throwback to the days before Virgil van Dijk when it was hair and scared mm. him and there was no control or composure it was hell for leather and it was great for the neutral but the Liverpool fans, you're backing your nails and it was difficult and worrying and should never have been anywhere near as nervy as it was. But... Um, got the three points they're up and running in Group E and the, the back on track yeah because ultimately Connor when else said and done it's about the three points isn't it and, and as hard as it was to, to get it they showed the character of Liverpool yet again they showed that winning mentality the, the sort of the climate now is that they're going by hook or by crook they're going to get a result and, and uh, it seems to be the way it was a lovely little deft little flick on from, from Vino, who was again 
missed a couple of flicks, did a couple of things that he he, he normally doesn't do, but always seems to come up with them lovely little um, little touches, little one twos, and, and he did it again two assists last night. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's now another, 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 another way that Liverpool have found to win this <laughs> yeah, season already. Yeah. yeah. Um, First 35 minutes, you're looking at that game and thinking, well, we are clearly the best team in Europe. What an absolute oh. incredible bunch of lads these are. Like, that I mean, Robert, Andy Robertson's, Andy Robertson's goal Robertson summed goal. it up, didn't it? Was it? just yeah. ridiculous yeah. football. They couldn't cope with the pace, the movement. Yeah. And I thought, right, this is going to blow them away. And I didn't ex- quite expect it to be such a difference, to be fair. But then, obviously, we explained how that all turned out. But, you know, the mentality of these guys to, you know, come from 3-0 down against... They would never have been expecting that, particularly at half-time, even at 3-1. They would never have been thinking you know, this is going to go to three all, but the, the lines, it was all a bit disjointed. The midfield didn't give as much cover to the defence. They got in behind, they got into gaps. The formation was different from Salzburg and they came out. And yeah, but then as you say, you know, Salah's found a way to pull it out the fire and get the win, which Liverpool really needed to do after losing to Napoli, of course. But, you know, they've ground out wins. They've come from behind already. They've shown they can, you know, dominate teams. They've shown they can fight. It's, it's just, there's so much to this team and this team's mentality now. It's just, it's really good to see in that respect. Yeah, I mean, it did, there was obviously um, a good management by the Salzburg manager. He did change formation. He went to a diamond, I think, yeah, didn't he? he? Did, and yeah. that, that, that freed up a lot of room for them. They could play behind uh, and get into those little spaces and it proved to be um, a, a great move, counteracted by Klopp's, I think he went 4-2-3-1, four, yeah. um, which Gain control, brought Henderson off, brought Milner on, steadied the ship a little bit. Gain control of it, really good management on both sides. To be fair, he, he kept his head clop when when all around him was losing theirs. Really, um, it, do you think there's a worrying trend happening now defensively with Liverpool? I know we've I know we've we've brought it up, you know, um, subtly in the past, but this whole idea of pushing the line forward a little bit and there just seems to be. Um, more occasions now. Is it a case where teams are watching us and they're just getting on to what they were doing? Or is it a case where there's a little bit of a lack of confidence? Or I know it's hard to say seven seven games down, top of the league. Yeah. But every time they get attacked, do you, do you feel like there's a little bit of a, a, bit of a panic setting in? Well, it, it was getting brought up earlier in the season and at the time I didn't really think there was too much in it. I thought because Liverpool were conceding ones, you know, one, one in each game and it took a while before they finally got the clean sheet. But even then I wasn't too concerned. But looking at it now, they've only had two all season. That was against Sheffield United and Burnley. Sheffield United could have scored on another day. They had a couple of chances, and they do seem to to be a little bit little susceptible, bit a little yeah, bit more vulnerable. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's strange to say it with a defence who were last season they were the Premier League's best. I think it was twenty two goals conceded, twenty one clean sheets. Virgil Van Dijk's the best defender in the world for me, and Joel Matip's been excellent since the turn of the year. I love Robertson and, and Alexander Arnold as well, but I suppose it, it, defending is a collective thing, isn't it? And um, maybe, maybe there is something there that, that just needs to be tightened up for a couple of games, and Liverpool could really use uh, one or two games where they, they just have a shutout. But saying that, that's going to be tough for the weekend, and they, they come up against the lesser side who are known for counter attacking, plenty of pace. They'll sit in and break on the counter, and that's where Liverpool have looked a little bit, a uh, little bit susceptible, yeah. as you say, so far, particularly last night. You know, um, Salzburg counted superbly, didn't yeah. they? And they were very energetic, very yeah. fast, a lot, lot of pace. Yeah, yeah. So, so it could be a similar thing on Saturday, but Liverpool could just benefit from one or two games where they just shut it out and, and they, they don't concede. Do you think Connor has much of an incredible job he's done? I mean, Adrian has been a, 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 an incredible uh Substitute goalkeeper in a way, you know, he's yeah. filled in for. Do you think? Do you think there is an element of 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 
getting Alisson back on the side may just tip that confidence a little bit further back up. Yeah, I just don't think the impact of losing Alisson can be underestimated. Don't get me wrong, Adrian has come in and he's done really well. He's a great shot stopper and he, he looks good, he looks yeah. confident and, that, and that's great. But the command Alisson has over his defence and the organisation Alisson has over that defence is a is a really big factor. And I think, of course, he's touched on it there. We've had a lot of pretty good individual performances from the defence, but no real, like, collectively, this was a fantastic all-round defensive performance. And I think when you have a Van Dijk and an Alisson working together to command a unit, that will help so, so yeah. much. It's, it's, it's interesting to, to to know what kind of what the severity of the injury was because we were all thinking he's going to be out for two or three weeks. So it's been a long sustained yeah. injury, mm. isn't it? And um, how much of that do you think is just make sure this is okay? Yeah, I think I think a big part of it was the fact that Adrian has done pretty done well, pretty well, yeah. yeah. And you know Liverpool have still got the best defence in the Premier League right yeah. now, along with Leicester. So you know there's no need to rush him back, and he's going to be at 100 percent when he comes back in. There's been no need if Adrian hadn't quite performed so well and Liverpool conceded him more, maybe he'd lost the game in the Premier League. I think we probably might have seen Allison already. It's a tricky one about last night when you're analysing it because. You 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 wonder what makes a Liverpool side sort of not lose the plot. That's a little bit too too severe a thing. But just sort of switch off the way they did. Do you think it was just the three nil and the coasting of the first half and thinking, well, you know, we've clearly shown that we're streets ahead um, because they did get, obviously they did concede before the end of the first half. Yeah, that, I, th- I think that was it. Actually, I think Liverpool went three 0 up and just thought this is going to be a, a stroll in the park and we'll take our foot off the gas. And uh, as soon as they did, Salzburg were right back in it with the with the, the first goal. And then half-time came quickly after and maybe that sort of kept them in the slumber a little bit and, and before they knew it, it was 3-all, I think. Um, I think Awful defending at times, though. They just went to yeah. pieces, didn't they? I mean, the shape had gone. and lines all over the place. I, couldn't, I can't see another game this season where Liverpool will be as bad as, as defending that at Anfield. Um, it's rare these days that they can see three at Anfield. It used to happen quite a lot, didn't it, before Van Dijk arrived, but now it seems to be a lot, lot steadier. And maybe it was just one of those off nights uh, for the defence. And luckily the, the attack has, has got them out of it. Well, yeah. I think Klopp more or less realised that at half-time. Though, he came out and said afterwards, didn't he, that he told the players at half-time that this Salzburg team don't really care about the result. Yeah. They're yeah. here for the experience. They're going to just play. If you put, put goals against them, they're going to try and score because that's what they do. And lo and behold, you know, I think he realised after they scored that first goal, Liverpool had just kind of thought, a bit naively, to be honest, that we had the beating of, yeah. of Salzburg and they absolutely clearly didn't. So... Yeah, I think, you know, though, a positive to take from it, it will teach them a lesson. It's taught them it early, which is it's a good lesson to learn, I think. It's just a concentrating for 90 minutes. It's the game management system. It's just concentrate, yeah. get the yeah. job done. You can relax after the after the final whistle. Um, Gomez in for Matip. Interesting, isn't it, with Gomez? He's obviously got a lot more pace than Matip, but he's susceptible, I think, isn't he? I think there are a few more mistakes in Gomez than you get from, from, from Matip. Seems to have gone a bit more consistent. There was a few times last night where he's a bit rough and ready. He can pull back. He can potentially give away important fouls in, in key areas. And um, where do you see that partnership being? Do you, do you see it being a long-term Gomez partnership? Or do you see after... I mean, it's difficult to jump into a game last night, isn't it, after you've been out? It is, yeah. I think that was only his second start of the season. Um, the, the first one was at Norwich on and, and the first day. So it was a tough night for him. It wasn't his best. And it was one of those where... It was it was evident early on that, that he wasn't having his best day, and it was when Liverpool were three and up. He's just thinking, okay, well, fair enough. He hasn't had a great day, but Liverpool have done more than enough. But once uh, Salzburg started getting back into it, then the mistakes started 
becoming a lot more obvious. And Even Fabino, who had been absolutely majestic in the yeah, first half, yeah. suddenly he had started a lot of work to do. He had a I lot think. of work to do, didn't he? I think we underestimate just how much he has to pull the strings, don't yeah. we? Yeah, and, and Gomez was getting caught on the balls and passes were going astray. And it wasn't a great night for him. Uh, long term, though, I've got no concerns with him. He's only 22. I mean, you think of think of the top class centre backs who are playing for teams as good as Liverpool are now. At the age of 22, there's probably not many. I think even Van Dijk, he only arrived at the pool when he was 26, maybe. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I'm not too concerned long term. At the moment, the shirts would matter, and, and so it should be. He's been superb all, all calendar year, really, since he came in against Bayern Munich in the quarterfinals, was it? Um, or the, the last 16. So, yeah, I mean, it was, was an off night for Joe Gomez. Don't really think you can get away from that, but long term, I'm not too concerned. Yeah, I think, you know, with Gomez, it's an interesting team because he obviously would have latched, lacked match practice. And that was yeah. pretty evident. Um, he's coming up against a really sharp attacking lineup. Um, you know, he showed flashes again of his pace. His tackling he had a little bit of, but yeah, very vi- a vital block uh, yeah. at one point in the second he half. Didn't have a, a good game overall, and that's obviously. But then you've got to think Van Dijk also didn't have a good oh. game. You could probably say he was just as bad as Gomez was, and that that massively doesn't help when you've got probably the best defender in the world playing alongside you, who improves everyone else around him. As you talk about all the time, not actually playing that well either. So that doesn't help. And as Gorsi said, he's, he's 22. The one thing you know. I might note about Gomez, he is so young and Matip has clearly got that place right now and, and absolutely. And Matip's 28, he's probably got a good couple of years ahead of him playing in centre-back. don't know if Gomez gets a little bit angsty and thinking, why am I not playing and could I go elsewhere? It's an interesting point because he, obviously he was he was the un, uh, the unmovable rock as well in, in yeah. uh, last season, wasn't mm-hmm. he, until his injury. And then I mean, Matip has quite rightly come in and, and made that place his own. But... I mean, I'd like to think that he's got the common sense to know that he is only 22 and and, yeah. and, 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 and Klopp rates him. For a central defender, he's got a long time left, doesn't he? 10 years probably if he yeah. wants, if he's yeah. injury free. I've managed to speak to him after the MK Dons game and, and he, he did actually say he was frustrated at not playing because that, that was his... He started like didn't he, and kept a clean sheet. But he was also, as you say, sensible enough to realise that Van Dijk and Matip are in superb form. Um, Van Dijk is just, you know, no one's, no one's getting in ahead of him, are they? And Matip's been great, so... He was wise enough to know that uh, his time will come and, OK, he wants to be playing like every every footballer does, but he he, he knows that um, on current form they are the, the partnership to break up, yeah. which is fair enough, I think. And it's difficult as well, I guess, from Van Dijk's point of view, where he's been used to communication with Matip. He was used to it with Gomez and then Matip's come in and now he's having to start again with Gomez and there may have been a little bit of rust communication-wise there between the two of them. Yeah. Who impressed you uh, in the Salzburg team? Yeah, we spoke about this just before and I think quite this name has been on quite a lot of Liverpool fans' lips over the course of last night and today. I thought Minamino was absolutely sensational. He looks like a player that can play anywhere across that front three line. A player that Liverpool Quicken. might look towards because, you know, he's exactly that utility player. Klopp will love, quick, versatile. Great goals. goals goal sensational really well. volley. Um there was I was in the stands last night. There was people around me asking like who he was and what his game was about and stuff. So he has, he, he was very exciting. But there was a few of them, wasn't there? To be fair, yeah. Erling Haaland come off the bench didn't he? and he, he had an illness, so he wasn't able to start. But he, he's the main man for them, and he's only nineteen. Yeah. Seen him in the four hat tricks already. I think is he? Yeah, yeah uh, eighteen and thirteen games. I've seen him. Seen the mix on after the game and. Uh, He's, he's an absolute giant. He's, yeah, he's, he's huge. Yeah. Coming from a tall point Sort of himself. Alf, Alf <laughs> Inga. Yeah. Right? Yeah. We very nearly, yeah. there, was, there was speculation we were going to sign him at one point, yeah. wasn't there? 
Alfie Harlan was there. Yeah. yeah, then he got injury. I think he got a long. He got quite a bad injury. But mm. there was speculation back in the day. Yeah, Harlan t- looked good. He looked. Yeah. He looked pretty. He looked, the, I thought he, the defe- I thought they defended really well, and in numbers they were very disciplined. Yeah, they're a good side. To be fair, Jesse Marsh has fashioned a, a very good side there, and I think they might catch the eye a little bit this season from from people who might not have known too much about them. People people like ourselves, really, we didn't know a whole lot did we until last night. Uh, it's going to be tough going over to. Austria in December, I think they're unbeaten at home in something stupid like 70 games. So the people want this this campaign, groupie campaign, done and dusted before yeah. then because if they're going to have to go to um, the Red Bull Arena, I think it's called, on if they're the going to have to go there in the last, the last round of fixtures, that, that could be tricky. Yeah, absolutely. don't want that. Absolutely. I, I mean, one good bit of news last night was obviously the, the draw between Genk and Napoli, which, yeah. Yeah. which, was, which was a surprise, really, because we like to think that... Genk are going to be an opponent we can hopefully take six points off anyway because yeah, so. they're not really in our league are they for that but um, yeah it, on it rumbles really I suppose is the way to look at it judging on it though you, you would definitely imagine that Salzburg are going to give Napoli a game home and away as well to be yeah. fair so that's obviously good news so that's immediately when you look at a f- when the full time whistle blows like that. Your immediate well, my immediate thing is I'm thinking of all our rival fans who have been laughing their heads off, and then yet again we've yeah, come on one and ruined their night. <laughs> and then you think, you know, I hope, I hope, very much like Sheffield United at the weekend. We'll talk about that now. When the final whistle goes on the game like that, you, your immediate thought is, let's hope they play like that with the teams that we need them to play against. Let's hope we can try and they can try and stifle and they don't fall apart because yeah. they put up a great. A really, really good game against us as well, didn't he? A uh, good thing from last night as well is obviously to see um, Mane and Salah back on the score sheet as well. Andy Robertson's goal was brilliant. Uh, Mane's was just delightful, wasn't it? It was oh, a beautiful goal. That Salah, just, it was just yeah. the movement. At that point, we were thinking, I mean, I turned around and said, this could be a cricket score, this, you know, because it looked that yeah, easy at that point. Yeah. And the movement was so good. Let's go back to, let's talk about the league form anyway. Seven out of seven. You know, you cannot complain with that. Incredible. Incredible performance by by the lads. If you'd have asked for, if you'd have said seven out of seven the start of the season, you'd have think I was going mad. Mm. Only because of 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 you know the the, the quality of the teams that were yeah, the, the, that were around. But uh, certainly um, the Sheffield United game, the front three didn't fire at all, did they? It was a really they made really hard work of it, Paul. They did. It's, uh, it was one of those games where I don't I don't think I've seen Roberto Firmino in particular play as Paul as he did that day. Uh, didn't really come off for Mane or Salah either. Mane has one. Mane has one of them days where he, the old expression, he couldn't hit a band over a banjo with three foot. I mean, he was he was really. On bad. another day, Liverpool score three or four. They yeah, yeah he, was, he missed two nailed on, didn't he? From from, yeah, from, from his point of view, yeah. yeah. But it was great that Liverpool were still able to come away with three points after from three played so poorly. I didn't particularly think Henderson or Van Alden had a great game either. I thought Fabinho was excellent that day. But yeah, I mean, it, it's a bit of a cliche, but. That is the stuff of champions, isn't it? When you you go there, you dog it out. It's a slog of a game, and you come away with the three points. And Liverpool got very, very lucky with Dean Henderson's mistake. You can't get away from that. They did, but you know, no one's meant. No one, not one mentions. Not one person has mentioned the technique of of of, uh, of an Alden to smack that ball. And yeah. I mean, it was a it was a it was a sweet, sweet it was a sweet thing. strike. And it's and and yes, the goalie had, had an absolute howler. He did save them just after that with Salah when Salah yeah. was through on goal. Yeah. Um, but you're right, it's winning. It, winning ugly is winning, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. And that pops Ginny Wijnaldum the goal. He scores important goals, doesn't he? Um, that's obviously another string to his bow that he's got. He has a different role in this team, but it just shows you that, you know, when Liverpool, maybe the front three aren't firing or the fullbacks aren't firing, there are other players still in that unit who can score goals, who can get you that win. Well, this is the problem, isn't it? I mean, uh, you know, 
we go about the we go back to the whole Nabil Fakir thing and that idea of, of when we lost Coutinho is to try and get that midfielder who can drop a shoulder and put one in because we do I think the one thing that we are lacking uh, is is goals from outside of the front three and, and, and they are going to be pivotal you need other people to be able to pop up and, and put goals in the net if you're going to sustain a, a, a run like like the one we're on at the moment uh, great that Genie did it but it is a, it, it's vitally important the, the formation of, of, of Wijnaldum Fabino and Henderson we've talked about Again and again and again, it's a slow formation, isn't it? Fabino is brilliant. He's you know he's got his own role now. The way he just sort of you know protects the back four, yeah. mops up all the beautiful, yeah. you know, mops up so much. But we we are lacking that attacking midfield again, aren't we? And, and it does seem to it, it takes its toll. I, th- I think as a squad, Liverpool are lacking a, a number ten. I don't think too many people would disagree with that. But I think in terms of the midfield, they're in there for a very specific role, and, and there isn't to score, and there isn't particularly to, to carve out. Gilted's chances for the front three. They buzz about a lot of work to get through all three of them, and it's to lay it to lay it lay it wide for Alexander Arnold and Robertson, or lay it forward early to the front three. And their role is, isn't to score. So when you've got Van Allen popping up with winning goals, just a, as Connor says, just another string to, to to the bow, isn't it? And it, it's difficult to to ask for more goals when that plainly isn't what they're meant to be doing, but. When the front three do have the rare off day amongst all three of them, then the goals have got to come from somewhere, haven't they? So it was great that Wayne Alden was popping up with, with his goal, and I'd I'd like to see him maybe get a little bit forward a bit more. You know, he plays that role of Holland getting forward, and he seems to get more goals for them than he does for Liverpool. He's only scored four away from home for Liverpool, and what was it? We talked about it today, didn't we? So yeah, it was seven goals, yeah. five assists in about ten games. Yeah, it's an extraordinary record yeah. For, yeah. for Holland. So maybe. Klopp could kind of um, loosen the, the strings on him a little bit at some stage. And I'd he was like in the second midfield. He when was he, indeed. He came here and, and has been... That, when you say something like that, because it, 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 I don't really think about it until you mention that and then you sort of say they're not really there to score goals, they're there to pass out wide and uh, and bring uh, the, the, the left and right backs into it. Doesn't really bode well for the likes of... Well, I mean, Shakiri obviously it doesn't bode well for him, but the, even the caters of the world, because you do, you know... As much as I love Klopp, he's, he's incredible. It, it does frustrate me sometimes when I watch him during the course of a game because I know those players aren't going to get a touch. And and even last night, really, he was. More, I mean, Cater went on with thirty. Cater went on to to, to, to eat up eat time. Eat, eat up time. Yeah. Um, I know he's back from another injury, so so we're going to have to be patient with him. There is, if there's any minor minor criticism, it is that he does err on the side of of of, of caution a little bit too much at times. Connor, do you agree with that? I think when you look at players like Cater, players like Oxley chamberlain players like Shakiri, they are your creative type midfield players. They are players in Liverpool squad and they aren't getting a look in, which is tricky. I think particularly Cater, he's clearly a super talented midfielder. There's no way Liverpool has spent £50 million on him, if not, when a creative attacking midfielder. He hasn't had a long enough run in the team for Klopp to figure out yeah. the formation, the best way of working in a game situation against competitive teams who change their formations and change their tactics all the time to face you. They haven't found a, a setup with Cater in that middle, with you know Fabinho, with Henderson, him you know leading that that role going forward from the midfield. So it's tricky, and I think it will be telling this season, particularly you know on Klopp's tactics, and if he does, if he is too cautious, maybe sometimes. If Cater is, is fit, stays fit, is available, shows what he can do, is playing well and still isn't getting much of a game, then I think you've probably got a case to answer for. Poetry in Motion on the Blood Red Channel. 
I, I think he's been really unlucky in Abicator because before MK Dons his last start for Liverpool was Barcelona in the Champions League semi-final in Barcelona and for him to get a start in such a huge game showed that the Jürgen Klopp had so much belief and faith in what yeah. he could bring to the Liverpool team and it's not he's not a midfielder he's he was playing well wasn't he? he he was in the best form of his Liverpool yeah. career wasn't he yeah. and he wasn't uh, he's not a midfielder who's going to cover every blade of the grass and throw in tackles left and right and break up play he's in there to dribble carry it 20-30 yards with the ball play little one-twos little bits of skill and trickery and create things and it's such a shame that he hasn't been able to kick on really because that injury that he got end of the season and then he went to the African Cup of Nations, Not picked fit. up another injury, got himself fit again, picked up another injury in Istanbul, open training before the Super Cup. And finally now he's he's approaching somewhere near him full fitness. So it'll take another few weeks before we're anywhere near seeing him at his best. And uh, it's just so frustrating for him because that'll be close to about six months since he, he last made a, a, a real impact for Liverpool. Do you think that do you think that his clubs opinion and, uh, and mind has been changed about where uh, Oxley chamberlain fits into the side now? Because obviously he was, he was long-term injured, he's come back, he's made a couple of appearances, but I think even Oxley chamberlain may be a little bit surprised at the fact that he's, he's a bench warmer again and, and whether or not that's down to the fact that they're really taking the time with his injury or whether or not he's been out long enough for Klopp to have changed his mind on what he thinks he can do for the mm. team, Connor, because he's, he's back on the bench and he's, he didn't get a run out last night. He, did, he doesn't really, he didn't get a run out against Sheffield, did he? So, Yeah, I, I obviously think, you know, the fact that he's coming or trying to come back into a team that's just won the Champions League and Champions League winning midfield, Klopp has his unit that he really likes to set up with and, that, and that's tricky. I thought when Oxley Chamberlain played against Southampton in the midfield, I thought he was actually excellent that day. Um, but again, he is coming back from a really serious injury and it's not just physically getting over an injury like that. I think it's mentally getting yeah, over an injury like that a big, too. That's a great point. It's a big part of it, isn't it? Because when he's making those bursts and run forward and chopping and changing really quickly on yeah. those knees, and you, you know, he will have in his head that he doesn't want to get that injury again yeah. and that will take a little while to build on. And I think, you know, it's a little bit of both probably. Klopp has a system that he clearly knows and loves and they are probably taking as much care as possible to make sure Oxley Chamberlain is 100% ready if he's going to feature. And I, I do think, you know, there's going to be super busy periods. Like December is a crazy period for Liverpool. There's games like every like three days, basically, for the whole month. Players like Oxley Chamberlain are definitely going to be so vital at that point. Yeah, that's when you want That's when you want to kick your squad depth in, isn't it? And, you know, the likes is interesting now that you've, you know, you've got Matip and Shaqiri on injuries as well. So mm, yeah. uh, we're going to hope that they're going to be back for that. Is Matip looking likely for, for the for the Leicester game? Well, Klopp said he, he was going to get assessed and they're always quite coy with the injuries and he, he missed training on Tuesday. He missed open training. Um, he did say it was minor, didn't he? Yeah, so he'll, he'll give, a, give an update tomorrow but I'd, I'd be surprised if he, was, if he wasn't back in the squad or the team. And hoping, of course, the weekend that we um, that the front three are firing again. There's a lot, there was a lot of promise last night. I mean, um, Firmino showed them touches. That, he assisted that, that Mane, he assisted left. Salah, they both scored. Yeah, I mean, the, I, 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 it was really underrated, but for, for, for the winning goal, that cushioned header was just... He, it was it was instinctive because he just presumed... Because Salah had to run the other way to get to that, and it was a, it was a beautifully cushioned header for him, wasn't it? He's just so... So good. I've never known anyone to sorry Paul, but I've never known anyone to time a one two. Yeah. You know you yeah. give him the ball, yeah. like, he, he doesn't ever seem to overrun the ball, he doesn't yeah. seem to under I mean and for Manny's goal last night was a prime example. He yeah. just rolls it right on a sixpence, doesn't he? Yeah, he, he rolls he, what he does is he kind of withdraws from that number nine position 
and that enables Salah and Mane to run into it with their pace and once he's got control of it, you know, he'll find you. He rolls his studs over it and for Mane, the Mane one, he just waits and waits and plays it to perfection and right into Mane's path to finish it off and he's been doing that all season, to be fair. I mean, when he come on against Newcastle, it was, that's probably the best performance I've seen this season from, from any Liverpool player. It was unbelievable yeah. and that assist for Salah was just it's outrageous. Out of this world, yeah. Stop with one foot and flick the other. Yeah. It was just absolutely stupid. Are there, so, are there times for you that if he, he can frustrate you, but only in the sense that sometimes he gets the ball and it seems to be some, a lot of the times his first thought is how he can play other people in rather than as a number nine. I know he's a false nine in many ways, but rather than just belting himself because he's got a great strike rate. He can do it. So a few occasions last night where I was going, is it? And, <laughs> yeah. he, and, he, and he seems to be looking, which is great. It's great to have a player that is that unselfish, but sometimes you want him to be a little bit more selfish, kind of. Yeah, no, I, I totally, totally get that. He's clearly super, super talented in front of goal. He's instinctive. He can hit the ball well. We've seen it on loads of occasions but you know I think he is aware of his role at the same time and, and Mane and Salah are super quick incredible finishes in front of goal and and if he's you know I think was it was it Michael Owen that called him an absolute dream player to have played like if he could have played alongside for me yeah. as a dream because he just works I think they so all have I mean I think I've heard I think I've heard Alan Shearer saying that as well works so hard for his strike partners to play them in to find them goals to get them spaces and you know that is vital because he's not your classic number nine who just wants to burst through the middle of defences and score goals which you know it gives Liverpool a, a different element to what teams are probably used to playing other teams as well so you know I, d I do get it I would love Firmino to score more goals I, I love him as a player but I think his role and what he shows off and what he can do especially this season with the tricks and stuff just slightly behind that nine role has been sensational and I think also and we've mentioned this before but he adds to that wonderful thing about the th that sort of the trifecta of them three where if you stop one the other one will get you yeah. Uh, yeah. it's very very hard to stop to stop all three I mean I guess you could say Sheffield, Wednesday, Sheffield United did but that was more to do with the thing with their lack of they were a very disciplined side, Sheffield United. Yeah. They, they played play, play out of the skins, which is why I'm hoping that you they use that same You just Mane and Salah are scoring on any other day, pretty much, when Mane hits the post and Salah's yeah. one-on-one -on -one with yeah. a goalkeeper. So, And hopefully last night, the, the two... The, because Salah, Salah's touch has been a little bit errant, hasn't it? He has, sometimes he can bring the ball out of the air like it's on a piece of string. Sometimes he can't. And he, he goes through these little periods, I think, where his touch is a little bit too heavy. And, and it's a confidence game, isn't it? And hopefully last night... I mean, what's that, 11 and 13 now? Yeah. He's got 11 Champions League goals and 13 yeah. performances. I, th I think uh, Salzburg, every, every time Salah had it, there was two and three men yeah. on him. So that's... For me, I thought he played well. He he, yeah, he seemed to have them up the wall in the first half and ended up getting on. So it was poach's effort, wasn't it? You know, responding to the parry and then tucking it away. But normally he'd be flanked by, by two and three of them. So I thought he took his goal well. His instinctive runs into the box are brilliant, aren't he, as well? He does a lot of that, doesn't he? So direct, like yeah. every striker does seems to be where the ball needs to be. Well, there was, there was a similar thing to manage goals the other side. Um, Salah played the one two with Firmino and Firmino again rolled it and waited and played it in and there was just too many too many yeah. players there for yeah. Salah to run into because they, they flanked them all night but um, I, I thought he was he was very good particularly first half last night and, and just come up with an absolute priceless winner hasn't he in, in the 70th minute and how, how big a goal that could be for Liverpool this season in the Champions League? It felt it felt when that went a goal went in that Salzburg had, had, the air had come out the balloon, didn't it? Because it yeah. didn't. I didn't really get that vibe of like we've got to be on our. Obviously, we had to we had to game manage it, but it felt like that was the sort of they, they'd had their little peak and then that had been taken away from them. Yeah, it was a strange. It was a strange time actually. I, I even thought that happened to the crowd, the Salzburg visiting fans, well, who were brilliant by yeah. the way. But I thought after that fourth Liverpool goal went in, they kind yeah. of just were like, right, we are playing a, like a sensational team. They've got the lead back again. 
And to be fair, when that run of play is going against you and a team has scored three against you coming from three nil down, it must be so tough to pick yourself up and go and score and go and find a chance and, you know, go and play the game you know because every instinct you must be thinking, we need to shut up shop here and come away with a draw. But to be fair, you know, Salah's obviously come up with that goal. So, And particularly if you're Liverpool, because we normally are the ones doing it. And, and if, you ima- yes. if, you ima- if you imagine the mindset of those Liverpool players last night who have gone from 3-0 to 3-all, knowing the five, less than six months ago, yes. we'd just done that to Barcelona and, and got the result. Yeah. Um, so it, that must creep in as well. They're only human. Every little element of, of doubt must creep Definitely. in. Yeah, well, we... we Lucky enough, we got the chance to speak to Virgil van Dijk in the mix zone, and, and I actually said that to him. I said, does it just say a lot about the mentality of this team that they're able to respond time and again to a setback? Do you, do you, you've gone three in the open, and all of a sudden it's 3-3. Three, three. How do you dig deep and, and just convince yourself that you've you got it in you to get a fourth? And he just said that, that that's what this team's all about. They're so strong mentally. Klopp calls them the mentality giants, and we all know, we all know what that was about when he said it. And... It wasn't just a, a soundbite when I said that because this this Liverpool team so good at responding to to going a goal down or you know to to being equalised against they, they just find it in them now to just dig deep and go again. Yeah, and and a success breeds that, doesn't it? Success and results. If you make a result like Barcelona, who it, it, to all intents and purposes we seem to have broken club Barcelona because <laughs> they, they just haven't been the same yeah. team. The manager's hanging on by his fingertips, as I would imagine is Real Madrid. To be honest with you, because their 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 run of form has been very very poor as well. But I think when when we when you do four nilers like that, I mean, you know, you, you never get tired of that game, do you? But uh, it must build character and it must build strength within that. And when you've got players like Van Dijk at the back and then again, the importance of having someone like Alisson back, no disrespect to Adrian, but it must just, they just seem, yet again last night and against Sheffield United, the mentality is, you know, we need to, we can't be drawing or losing to these teams. We are Liverpool. Yeah, definitely. It's like winning breeds winning, doesn't it? You look at all the great teams throughout and you probably have seen some yourself before, probably my time really with Liverpool. Thank you. You know, when they... <coughs> Yes, in, I've got a scar on me knee older than you. In the, ki- in the kindest way possible, Neil. Um, but, you know, when you look at that and when teams go on a run, they have a run of success. You know, United have done it, Liverpool have done it, Arsenal have done it. They, I think it's because, you know, you're so confident in your teammates, you're so confident in your ability, you're so confident in what you've just done. And you, you, you know you have that really firm belief that you can just go and do it again and again and again. And, and it's, it's a wonderful thing to see now that it's, it's just such a culture at Anfield. I think the Andy Robertson goal, it summed that up perfectly because for a, for a, for a left-back to make a run What is he doing like there, that, by the way? And his run, <laughs> run to the box was, 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 was pure yeah, it's incredible. striker. I mean, it yeah, was, it was yeah. seasoned because yeah. he had a lot of way to do. He goes in front yeah. and, and then has enough time to be able to take it on his left foot rather yeah. than... Yeah. It was absolute... And again, of course, lovely sight to see the fact that it was it. Was it. I don't know who you'll be more pleased, the fact that he scored or the fact that uh, Trent got the assist yeah, yeah. in their ongoing Linders battle. said that's his dream goal, didn't yeah, he? Yeah. It was beautiful, wasn't it? I mean, Klopp said on on his press conference on Friday, Joel Matup uh, has gone down as one of his best pieces of business since he's been Liverpool manager. But I think Andy Robertson has got to be up there as well. Eight million quid. Yeah. There, was a, there was an incident in the first half where it looked like Salzburg were going to get in down the right and... Robertson's chased it back and it looks like it's going to go off for a corner and then even a goal kick and it goes off for neither Robertson wins it megs him and plays it up the line to Mane and just turns the fence into attack and that could have been a tricky situation and it was brilliant and the crowd responded to that and then he gets his goal which is only his second goal for Liverpool Uh, took it like a number nine and he's a proper striker in step side foot bottom corner 
Just what a player, what an unbelievable player. One of Europe's, if not the best left-back, one of Europe's best left-backs yeah, for me, undoubtedly. And, and an abject lesson in taking your time and being patient and getting mm. seizing your chance, because there's a guy who, who who we never thought was ever going to play for Liverpool, because Moreno, no matter how bad he was, seemed to be getting a nudge. And only an, only an injury to Moreno yeah, gave yeah. Andy Robertson yeah. his, his chance, and, and, and boy, how he's taken it. What's the stat? Um, Virgil van Dijk, Andy Robertson, Trent and Matip were cheaper than Harry Maguire, collectively. Big, yeah, <laughs> big. We got all four for the price they paid for him, and who, who just played a game, played a play yeah. on to get the to get the result against Arsenal. And Andy Robertson has never lost in the Premier League at Anfield. Well, the stats Liverpool are racking up now are just extraordinary, yeah. aren't they? I mean, what, you know, they break the... in records every day. Basically, hmm. there's something new coming in. So we haven't been beaten on for two and a half years. It's yeah. ridiculous, isn't it? But it's, it's just thing. I was there was Palace, wasn't it? Yeah. It was Benteke, I believe, yeah. who scored as well. Yeah. He recently come out and said he could he could easily get into the front three of that. <laughs> God love that guy. I don't know what he's drinking, but I want to pint of that. <laughs> All right, we've got Leicester coming up at the weekend. Um again, you know, the pressure doesn't Jamie Vardy. The pressure does not stop. He's gonna he's gonna tease and torment any. Um a little bit more spice because it's Rogers, who's you know, what's his recent quote? He didn't lose any sleep about not winning the league. You suppose you can't in this game, can you? Yeah. Um, yeah, um, I he's bet actually Steven given G's a... lost a bit of sleep over it, to be honest with you. Yeah. But Rogers has given a really good interview with the Telegraph actually. Jamie Carragher sat down with him and um so it's a really, really decent piece in there, and we've taken a little bit of it for our website this morning as well. He just kind of um he just explains that Liverpool were playing such a good football that season he can't really lose sleep over what was a mistake essentially it was a really good run and he was really pleased with it. he thought it was unfair criticism that it was just a Suarez team because he had a, a decent set of players and you know he has and no Henderson, Henderson had an incredible season that year didn't yeah, he yeah, yeah. He, has no, he was missing yeah. for the last Jordan. few games of that season as well Henderson that's right he was he, was, he got the card at City so, didn't he yeah Rogers has, he says he has no bitterness about leaving Liverpool you know when that call came in after the derby he said it was, it was fair enough and they obviously employed Jurgen Klopp to incredible success and he let Klopp live in his house, didn't he? So he can't really be bad to the guy for Put that. The rent up a bit, though, I think. Yeah, I imagine <laughs> so. Just a little bit. Uh, what are the things to look out there against Leicester? Then where where because they're doing really well themselves. They're being touted as a top four team. So um, they've got a couple of really decent players in the midfield. Um, Indeedy, Yuri Tillmans, both really super talented. We obviously know about the talents of Jamie Vardy. Yeah, got James Madison. Matt was Madison out the weekend, wasn't he gone? But he may be back yeah. in now. Yeah, it looks like he's coming back in. He's going to be probably called up to the England squad for the internationals as well. Like, you know, they've got a really, really solid, talented ben unit. Chilwell, who we looked Chilwell. at. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, a couple of years ago that was, wasn't it as well? So. Replaced Harry Maguire with uh, Sanchu. I can Sanchu, never pronounce yeah. his name, Sanchu. yeah. The, the Turks have had Just a, a very good side. Uh, for me, the, the, they're the seventh best, I think, outside the top six. They are the ones who've probably got the biggest claims to be breaking into it. And I, I thought that before Rodgers came in. So now I think they've got a... I, 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 he's steadied the ship really well with yeah, the money and he's yeah. pushing on with them. He's, he's a top-class manager, Brendan Rodgers. I mean, I know some of the things he says kind of <laughs> irritates people. and You don't get the nickname David Brent for nothing. Yeah, but for me, I, I always liked him. I always thought he, he was a really good manager and glad to see he's doing well. I mean, he, he won a lot at Celtic, didn't he? And now he's... Doing a very good job at Leicester, so good luck to him. Um, be great to see him back at Anfield. I think he'll be afforded a superb reception. I'm sure he will. There'll be yeah, no, there'll well, be no yeah. reason not to. Liverpool fans aren't like that. They're not like other yeah. fans who can slag people off and you know just after you know he did. I mean he's he got us playing some that that season with the with the, with the absolute slaughter of Arsenal, the slaughter yeah. of Everton in the derby. Manchester uh, United, Old Manchester United, Old Trafford. Yeah. You know we, there, were, there were some great results Robert there. Gunley yeah, that's, football, that's some of the best. Liverpool football I've ever seen that season, particularly the yeah. second half of the season. He turned Raheem Sterling into a a young lad with promise into an England international at World Cups. 
Luis Suarez became one of the best players in the world. Daniel Sturridge had his greatest ever season as a footballer under Rodgers. Yeah. Loads of things for him to look back on and, and be proud of as Liverpool manager. Fell away as it as it does to a lot of them. And um, good luck to him at Leicester. I just hope it's. Uh, well, I'm not just saying it's doomed Saturday afternoon. I hope his luck starts the week after next. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Let's look at our next uh, six games coming up. Obviously Leicester. Great that it's a home as well after after last night as well. You want to be going to. That, down yeah, to, it would have been, been, mm-hmm. been tough going there. Uh, Leicester, and then of course, big one. Well, you know, mid mid table, Man United <laughs> yeah. uh, at Old Trafford. It, but you know what is funny? In no matter how bad they play, no matter what yeah. form they always seem to be able to pull out something against us. Uh, usually, quite a frustrating one. Certainly at Old Trafford, anyway. Mm. So uh, we could. We, I mean, if we can get a result. We get a result against uh, Leicester, and if we can really get a result against United there and go nine for nine, uh, that'll really put a flag in the in, in the ground, won't it, for, for our intentions? I think Liverpool going to United. I know last season was a bit of a nil nil, and Liverpool should have should have went for the jug a little bit more that day. United yeah. were, they were pretty much down to ten men. They used all the subs and Rashford. It was, was an injured. odd game, wasn't it? It was a yeah. really odd game. But I think I think this time now Liverpool has just got to go there with with thoughts of beating them and beating them comfortably because they're, they're not great, are they? They've got no one. They're there for the taking, aren't yeah, they? They really are there for the taking. Yeah, and this is—I yeah. think these are the times when we've discussed about about you know the genius the club is that he he needs to put his take his foot off the brakes a little bit. I know, obviously, that the, the, the occasion can take over and rivalry can take over and and the atmosphere can, but he's got to see that. I mean, I, I watched what I could bear of the Arsenal Man United <laughs> game, but it was just dreadful football. Just neither team were particularly brilliant, were they? And you think Liverpool have already absolutely smashed Arsenal this season? I think. You know, with Solskjaer as manager, you just yeah. I'm just long not made fearing long made Man United continue. at all right now. And I might these words might come back to bite me. And I, I really hope they don't, but I just don't see them as a threat they were. There is always that part of you that thinks, oh, it's Man United at Old Trafford. It, it never leaves you. It's probably never going to leave you. But I think right now, in this moment in time, where Liverpool are and where Man United are, is so far yeah, apart. It's a golf, isn't it? Yeah. They're not even the threat they were. Last? Twelve months ago, yeah, two years yet. ago, it's it's hard to believe that they finished above Liverpool quite recently. Really, when when they finished. Did he finish second? Um, Didn't, doesn't Jose Mourinho call that his greatest managerial yes, achievement does, ever? Yeah. Finishing second with that squad. He's, he's, yeah, yeah. he's got half a point, hasn't he? I mean, I think he was being a bit facetious there, but yeah. that, that was a pretty good achievement yeah. looking back on it because this Manchester United team now are just a million miles behind Liverpool and City and I think Liverpool have really got to go there after the international break. Hopefully there are no injuries, but Liverpool have got to be thinking about winning that, no, no problem. Winning that comfortably. I mean, yeah. it's an interesting turnaround at Old Trafford because now you've got you've got a situation there where a good few years ago you had big, big players who cost a fortune who wanted to come to Man United. And now all the big signings can't wait to get away from Man United. Pogba keeps reiterating how much he wants to leave. You know, Sanchez has gone, yeah. Lukaku's gone, and you've got big players. I mean, I mean, and, and the way Harry Maguire is playing at the moment, it's extraordinary to, to see that £85 million pound has been, to you, to, to, to quote from Boris Johnson, spaffed up the wall. <laughs> uh, um, to, to, on, on a play that, that looks as bad as I've ever seen him. Yeah, you know what? I mean, he, was, he, was, he was solid at Leicester. He was solid at Leicester, but I... I said at the time they'd overpaid for him um, and they clearly have overpaid for him. It's just uh, maybe just a step too far too early. I'm not sure. You but can't put a plaster on a shotgun wound and that's what they tried <laughs> to do because there is a shotgun wound in that club at the moment and yeah. long may it continue, quite frankly. Uh, Leicester away, Man United at home, uh, Genk at home, Tottenham away. Some big, big games coming up about time. I mean, this this will really test us, won't it? You know what I mean? And Tottenham away or Tottenham home? Uh, Tottenham at home, sorry. Sorry, Tottenham at home and then uh, Arsenal in the cup and then 
Villa away and uh, not too far away uh, is uh, City, which is a home first of all as well, which is good as well, I think. Yeah. For us. So, so um, you know, overall, we couldn't be in a better place, could we? I mean, the team are unbeatable in the league. They have that winner mentality. Last night, they even come through in a really, really, a really strange game that no one could really predict what was going to happen there, but be uh, onwards and upwards. Your predictions for the Leicester game, Connor? I think... Liverpool are going to be in for a really tough challenge. I think Leicester will have looked at that game last night. I think if we attack Liverpool, where they're known for counter-attacking, they are going to hit Liverpool on the break really often. They've got pace, they've got Vardy. We know, we know he scores. You know, he scores against big teams in big games. 2-1, but it, they will equalise after Liverpool score first. Do you not think, though, the teams that open up against us make a, a fatal mistake opening up against us? I think it's harder sometimes for us when, when there's nine behind the ball rather than especially Rodgers will want to try and come here Paul yeah I don't think Rodgers can coach that way to be honest no. I think it's just not his his way of playing at all so I think it'll be another open game and I think Liverpool will get the best of it 3-2 I think I can see it being another another wild one you can see it being another wild yeah, West show yeah, yeah. and yourself I, I'm going to just because I feel like we're, we're we're lining up these days in a way that is going to be more vulnerable for defence I think I think we're probably going to concede, but I can I think it's going to be about three one. I think I don't think that back four has has, has tasted uh, Salah, um, Firmino, and Mane. Yeah, I don't think they've they've had it, especially with Maguire's replacement Sancho. Mm. I don't yeah. think he's going to have, have felt this yet. And I think uh, hopefully, anyway, fingers crossed. But I think I think it was really positive to see um, to see Salah last night getting a couple. Cause yeah. I think men, men, mentally. Just, he's just that little touch away from being the genius that he was that season. He gave us all those goals and I don't think that's far away. Either way, up the Reds. Brilliant. Seven out of seven. The magnificent seven. Um, uh, top of the three. You can't really argue with that, can you? Long may continue. Comments nah. on. Thank you very much, my friend. Thank you very much. Really appreciate your input. Ghosty, thank you very much, mate. You I'll are. let you go back to your leopard skin throne. <laughs> it's beautiful, that. And, and the crown's nice. And the crown, outfit, yeah. yeah. I thought it was the Albega King crown, but it's not a proper crown. <laughs> well, it's got, it? got my initials engraved on it, Thanks a lot, lads. Uh, you've been listening to Poetry Motion with me, Neil Fitz. Uh, up the Reds. Long may continue. See you all again in the next one. You've been listening to the Poetry Emotion Motion podcast on the Blood Red channel.